Meet Reed Lance Rosenthal, rancher, number one best-selling award-winning author, and unabashedly, unapologetically, on the right side of the outstanding issues of our generation. But don't try to fence him in. Sometimes his positions will surprise you, because Reed is definitely his own man, with his own opinions. You might love him, you might hate him, but you won't be able to stop listening. Step over to the right side with Reed. Howdy, listeners from coast to coast, the Gulf to Canada, and around the globe. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Well, we are going to examine the foipas of the Federal Reserve and the Treasury today. In fact, I'm going to give you a history of the debt ceiling. Absolutely fascinating, because the debt ceiling, folks, is looming, and it's going to be a big mess. It's going to affect all sorts of things financial in the United States and around the globe. And as I've told you (laughs) incessantly, the government lies to you about everything, including economic statistics, which they twist, manipulate, inflate when it looks good, deflate when it looks bad, and then quietly revise a month or two or three later. And as we've discussed, and as you know, the government lies to you about, unfortunately, everything. It's a shame. It would be nice to believe something they said. But one of the biggest lies right now, amongst a bunch of big lies, is about the economy. And one of the games they're playing, and I've brought this to your attention over the last several years with examples, is employment numbers, and unemployment numbers, and GDP numbers, and budget and deficit numbers. There's a great portion of a video on the website. It's under economy, it's under psyops, it's under rat-a-tat-tat, about 13 minutes, two experts discussing the reports that the government is putting out on employment, GDP, you name it, and how they are playing the games, right? They give you a glowing report, they thump their chest, and then very quietly you have the adjustments a month or two later, which absolutely tanks the whole story. And they've been doing it for months and months and months. Make sure you listen to that video. It is, or watch it. They have some great charts on it. It'll really bring it home. And it's not your hayseed talking about it. These are two experts in the field. And of course, then there'll be the rest of the story. And I'm going to have a big rat-a-tat-tat for you, as I've been promising. All sorts of things which will make you kind of frown and furl your eyebrows and shake your head in disbelief. And I want you to think about all the things we're going over in this show. I want you to think about, do you want to continue fighting all this nonsense, this crapola that's being generated and conjured and pressed by a deviant press? Or do you just want to opt out? You know, the shows of the last three weeks. Let's go our own way. You guys do whatever you want. Whatever wild crap you want, do it. We're doing our thing. Next week, I'm going to tell you, we're going to get into the mechanics of how a divorce might work. And once again, I have the U.S. divorce map posted on the website. Take a look at it. It makes an awful lot of sense, more so with every passing day. But first, our founder's quote. Thomas Paine, quote, character is much easier kept than recovered, unquote. Think about that quote during the course of this show and think about the characters and the character of the characters that we're dealing with on the other side of the United States circle, shall we say. And think about whether you want to deal with these people or you just want to move on. Think about your personal relationships when you run into somebody without character. You want to deal with them or you want to just move on. Sometimes divorce is the best way. And then our rant story. You know, the rant story, I'm on the road right now. I will 
return as this show airs. So I don't have a ranch story for you other than to tell you that my folks back at the ranch while I'm traveling are doing a great job. Are they doing it exactly like I do it? No. Are they doing it exactly in the sequence I would do it? No. Or with the speed I might get it done, particularly getting water turned on? No. But they're getting it done in their way, in their time fashion, and quite well. And what's the moral of that story? (laughs) Sometimes the boss just needs to leave and let people do what they need to do without interference and over-the-shoulder eyeballs peering. Let's talk about the history of the debt ceiling. Oh, my, this is going to make you wonder. So the United States had no debt ceiling until 1917. You'll notice that that was just four years after the establishment of the Federal Reserve in 1913. Listen to the history of the Federal Reserve, banking, and currency, those three histories, on the right side, radio.com. This all ties in. In 1917, the U.S. Congress passed the Second Liberty Bond Act. Prior to that, it was just kind of parliamentary procedural limitations. You know, uh, the way it's supposed to work. Debate between the various members of Congress. Except for... About a year, 1835 to 1836, the U.S. has continuously had a fluctuating public debt, all the way back to the Constitution getting ratified on March 4, 1789. The debt after the Revolutionary War was about $75 million. My, how we've quote-unquote progressed. And prior to the debt ceiling kind of being codified, Between 1788 and 1917, Congress itself would authorize each bond issued by the United States Treasury, in other words, the sale of debt. And that was by specific legislative acts that approved both the issue and the amount. And then in 1917, during World War I, it's amazing how the wars figure into this, Congress created the debt ceiling. Basically, that Second Liberty Bond Act of 1917 allowed the Treasury to issue bonds and take on other debt without specific congressional approval, so long as the total debt fell under the statutory debt ceiling. In 1939, Congress instituted the first limit on total accumulated debt, including all kinds of instruments, T-bills, T-bonds, you name it. That was called the Public Debt Acts. They were passed and then amended in 1939 and 1941. And the Public Debt Act of 1941, aggregate debt limit on all obligations to 65 billion. That's billion, not trillion. In other words, uh, less than one half of what we've sent to Ukraine over the past year. It also eliminated the exemption, the federal tax exemption, on interest and profit on government debt. Before then, you were not taxed if you bought United States bonds. Over the course of World War II up to about 1945, there were a number of acts by Congress that raised the limit all the way up to $300 billion in 1946. And then Congress, gee, got busy, quote-unquote busy, and reduced the debt limit to a fixed, so-called fixed, <laughs> $275 billion. That's $31 trillion ago, folks. There's been various debt ceiling crises. That is where the debt ceiling is used as political leverage to try and work the budget, get a budget agreement. Remember, the United States has not had a budget for, oh, almost a decade now. And that's precipitated certain kind of debt ceiling crises, where the Treasury has to borrow from its reserves to take care of obligations of the United States government because the debt ceiling hasn't been raised and the money can't be 
shall we say, printed and bought by ourselves. The Treasury hit the debt ceiling or nearly in 1953. The Senate didn't raise it until the summer of 1954. And one of the ways, this is kind of interesting, that the government got out of that pickle back then was to monetize leftover gold. Remember, it had been seized 20 years earlier by FDR. By the way, up until about the mid, oh, 20th century, 1950-1960, the debt ceiling, when it was raised, was always set about 10% above actual federal debt at the time. You know, they want lots of leeway for their pork barrel spending. Then we have the Budget and Impoundment Control Act of 1974. This almost eliminated all the debate in Congress and the hearings and the discussions concerning raising the debt ceiling that had occurred previously. Do you see the trend here? Less and less care about budget, spending, debt. In 1979, Dick Gephardt imposed the Gephardt Rule, as it was called. This is kind of a parliamentary rule in Congress. Uh, it deemed that when the debt ceiling was raised, a budget had to be passed. Unfortunately, Congress repealed the Gephardt Rule in 1995. How convenient. Right before we took on, you know, $30 trillion of debt or so in the last 20 years. The U.S. has raised its debt ceiling in one way or the other at least 90 times in the 20th century. That's right, 90 times since 1917 up to the year 2000. And then, of course, it just exploded. The debt ceiling was raised 14 times from 2001 to 2016, including increases of $5.365 trillion during, oh, President Bush and his war on terror. You know, the Iraq debacle and what became Biden's Afghanistan debacle. And then, of course, we have President Obama, a firm believer in the Cloward and Piven theory, which is you can collapse a capitalistic society by overburdening it with entitlements and debt. And he raised it 11 times for a total increase of $6.498 trillion. So basically from 2000 to 2016, the debt of the United States increased just with those two lovely presidents, about $12 trillion. We had never seen a trillion dollar debt before. In 2011, the Republicans tried to use the debt ceiling as leverage for deficit reduction, as Newt Gingrich and the Republicans successfully had in 1995. The left says that that resulted in a credit downgrade for the United States. There was a credit downgrade, by the way. And the left also blames the Republicans for the Dow Jones Industrial Average falling 2,000 points in late July and August of 2011. And, of course, the government shills had to get into the fray, and the GAO, oh, they're always so accurate, estimated that the delay in raising the debt ceiling in 2011 raised borrowing costs by the government by $1.3 billion in 2011, and the bipartisan, right, Policy Center extended the GAO estimate, and they forecast that the delay raised borrowing costs by $18.9 billion over 10 years. To put this in perspective, that's $1.89 billion a year, and in the last year, plus or minus, we've sent $140 billion to Ukraine. So, the proverbial drop in the bucket. At the end of 2012, December 31 to be exact, the American Taxpayer Relief Act of 2012, or ATRA, A-T-R-A, was passed. There were certain tax cuts for certain people, but taxes were raised on those making over 400000 Oh, Obama, 400000 tax increase, Biden, 
Obama's third term, 400,000 tax. It's amazing how this kind of flows through to Obama's third term, isn't it? Then Obama got the No Budget, No Pay Act of 2013 suspended, basically from February 2013 to May 2013. And when it was finally formally raised to approximately $16.6 trillion (laughs) to accommodate the borrowing done during the period it was suspended, all sorts of ruckus broke out. The Republicans demanded that the debt ceiling not be raised unless Obamacare was rescinded and all sorts of stuff. I'm not going to get into those weeds with you. Just let's say it was a very contentious financial time. But what's really interesting, if you jump forward to 2021, the U.S. Treasury began taking those extraordinary measures, which were set to expire originally October 18th, 2021. And that became a series of what was called short-term resolutions. You've heard that term where they either enabled or raised the debt ceiling slightly in like one or two or three or four-month periods. If you remember, Congress was controlled by the Democrats in December of 2021, who eventually voted to increase the debt ceiling by $2.5 trillion, signed by President Cadaver on December 16, 2021. The aggregate under that signature by Cadaver was $31.4 trillion in allowable United States debt. United States debt, folks, is our debt, unless, of course, we have a divorce and the blue states can take it since they've pretty much created it. Maybe, to be fair, we'll take $5.6 trillion, which was Bush's contribution to this debacle. And then on January 19th, 2023, we again hit the debt ceiling limits. And here we are today. The Democrats have proposed nothing, not one page of legislation concerning spending, control of debt, increase of debt. The Republicans have submitted a 300-page bill, which, of course, the (laughs) corporate media and big tech lackeys are lambasting as upsetting the apple cart of social programs and welfare matters. In the meantime, of course, three million people are coming across the southern border. Who's paying for them? I guess we know that question. I guess we know the answer to that question. It's really interesting if you look at like a table of the debt service, of the debt, start over again. It's really interesting if you look at a table of the history of the debt ceiling. You know, if you go back to like the 1900s, all the increases were 16 billion, 85 billion was a big one, 50 billion, 40 billion, 7 billion, 8 billion, 5 billion. There were a couple years even in 1963, Kennedy's term, where where the debt limit actually went down by 3 billion and 5 billion. Let's talk about your family's safety. If you listen to this show, you know our aging power grid is more vulnerable than ever. There's been 70 physical attacks on grid stations and countless cyber attacks in the last year. Imagine a blackout lasting days, weeks, months. Look around your house. Water, refrigeration, heat, light would be poof. That's why having your own portable solar power and not relying on a government grid is critical. With a Patriot Power Sidekick from 4Patriots, you get a solar generator that's quick, easy, portable, on the go, or even inside. And though only the size of a lunchbox, it's powerful. It'll power your phones, your medical devices, even a mini-fridge. 
a free solar panel, free shipping, and a practically unheard of 365-day satisfaction guarantee. You can get 10% off your purchase using the code RIGHTSIDE at checkout. FORPATRIOTS.COM. Use the code RIGHTSIDE. Get 10% off. FORPATRIOTS.COM. Protect you. Protect your family. And then when you get up into the 2000s, right, the year 2000, you start seeing incredible increases. We're not talking billions. We're talking trillions. It really began about 1990, 915 billion in 1990, 530 billion in 1993, 600 billion in 1996, 450 billion in 1997, and then we get into the 2000s. 2003, 984 billion, 2004, 800 billion, and I can go on down the list. And then, of course, we get into Obama's reign of terror. 1.9 1.9 trillion in 2010, 2.1 trillion in 2012. During Trump's term, of course, we had the COVID conjure, the COVID nonsense. We had increases of 1.7 trillion and 2.1 trillion. But then we really get into the money, as they say, get me into the money. And we have Cadaver, 6.4 trillion, July 31st, 2021, 480 billion, October 14th, 2021, and 2.5 trillion December 16th 2021 and now they want to do another two and a half trillion I think you can kind of see the downward spiral here and you know it's a conundrum because the more they raise the debt the more dollars circulate the more dollars circulate the less each dollar is worth the less each dollar is worth the more inflation kicks up and the more inflation kicks up the more they have to spend do you see this mm, should we say circular toilet bowl that we're in and now for the rest of the debt limit story. First of all, did you know that 7 trillion of the 31 trillion is held by foreign nations and of that 2 trillion, slightly under a trillion each, is held by Japan and China. More on that in future shows because it plays a role in what's coming in conflict between all of us. But the second part of the rest of the story is that see a constitutional crisis in your future? Did you know that section 4 of the 14th amendment ratified in 1868? It means different things to different people just like things did back then. But in today's hyperpartisan mix, people are going to grasp at any legal interpretation they can. Look at what they do with the 2A, you know, only the militia can have arms. But do not be surprised if the left takes the position that Biden can raise the debt limit all by himself and without Congress. Section 4 of the Constitution reads, quote, The validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by law, including debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services, and suppressing insurrection or rebellion, shall not be questioned, unquote. This all came about to protect public debt, which was held by the government after the Civil War, and to bar southern states, the secessionists from the Union, from honoring Confederate debts after they returned to the reconstructed Congress. But trust me, folks, it will be twisted because the powers that be and the power that be prior to the divorce are hungry for money. They want all the money, all your money, all your property, the whole nine yard, because it's the only way they can buy their votes and sustain their power. And now let's talk about rat-a-tat-tat. And I'm going to go through these really quick, folks, as I have a lot to cover. I'm probably not going to have the time. The Silk Road Initiative by China is going to have to wait till next week. I want to give it proper justice because it's very insightful. 
So let's start with Rat-a-tat-tat. There's a Denver councilwoman. You know, Colorado has just gone down the toilet. She declared last week that white-owned businesses should pay reparations. Oh, you should love that in Colorado. Candy Sidabaka. Sidabaka. She's 37 years old. She's a Democratic, admitted Democratic Socialist. She's facing a runoff election in June, and she told a business forum a week ago Thursday that white-owned business should pay an additional race-based tax which would be given in turn as reparations to minority-owned businesses. I'm not making this up. Quote, capitalism was built on stolen land, stolen labor, and stolen resources. Quote, you could be collecting those extra taxes from white-led businesses all over the city and redistributing them to black and brown-owned businesses, unquote. You want to try and change her character? Remember our, our founder's quote, folks? Or do you want to just say, see you later? Over in Europe, and it's going to be coming to America. I'm warning all of you. I told you about the Dutch government wanting to take like 3,000 of the 12,000 Dutch farms and just shut them down. Well, the European Union approved that scheme last week. A forcible shutdown of 3,000 farms inside the Netherlands. And additionally, it went one step further. It would also permanently ban farmers from starting new farms anywhere else in the European Union. I want you to think about that for a moment. So now you have the European Commission supporting the Netherlands Prime Minister Mark Rotes, how did he get elected, scheme to forcibly purchase land from thousands of Dutch farmers, and they went one step further. By the way, they justified the schemes will improve the environmental conditions in those areas and will promote a more sustainable, environmentally friendly production in the livestock sector. Oh, you mean by all their friends in big business? So the scheme has now evolved so that the farmers have an initial chance for a voluntary buyout. They'll be offered up to 120% of the value of their farms. Now, who determines that, I wonder? But the deal includes the caveat that they agree to never open another farm elsewhere within the EU, including the Netherlands. But if you don't accept this lovely offer, the Dutch government is going to move forward with compulsory, I quote, compulsory purchases. You know, kind of like eminent domain over here in the United States. By the way, this is all so the EU can meet its nitrogen reduction targets. Oh, and who came up with those? You'll be delighted to know. Speaking of regulations and rules shoved up your butt by faceless bureaucrats, that as of May 5th, 2023, the Biden administration, Cadaver and crew, had finalized 567 rules and regulations with an estimated paperwork burden of 220.7 million hours by American citizens at a total cost of $363.5 billion. Gee, I wonder why the economy is struggling. Oh, that's right. The economy's doing great. I forgot what they tell us. By the way, as a comparison, at the same time in their administrations, Barack Obama, <laughs> this is now his third administration, had finalized 834 rules, totaling $213.2 billion in costs to Americans and the economy. Donald Trump had issued 640 rules, most of them negative rules, and only totaling $6.1 billion in total costs. Once again, folks, do you want to reverse all these rules and reverse all the minds that come up with them, or you want to just opt out, walk away, divorce? And of course, all this comes with the incessant drumbeat of lies of every shape, way, and form, and censorship, and misinformation, malinformation, disinformation, and downright made-up information from the government and the cabal. Look, you need to live every day like in your normal, you know, proletariat life. Forget your pocketbook. Forget your retirement accounts. Don't believe your lying eyes. I mean, that's been the tune of the Federal Reserve and the Biden administration since the beginning of Biden's illegitimate term. 
But, you know, last week the Fed kind of slipped up. Jerome Powell, the chairman, dipped his little toe into the waters of truth, kind of, and said, we might find ourselves in a recession. Oh, really? Here's his exact quote. You'll love it. Quote, it's possible that we will have what I hope would be a mild recession, unquote. Oh, well, thanks for telling us that. Along the range of rules we were just talking about, the White House Council on Environmental Quality, the CEQ, reversed Trump-era rules that barred the government from blocking projects based on their indirect, not direct, climate impact. This is a story in the Washington Post. Remember, all these stories are posted in their entirety. You can read all the gruesome details on the Right Side Radio under Rat-a-tat-tat and other sections. They're arguing that the Trump-era rollback of regulations failed to consider the emissions impact of methane gas. Now, let me put this in perspective for you. The Nord Stream 2 pipeline that Biden blew up to screw our European allies and I guess to poke the bear of Russia, that blow up. The emission of methane gas was the single largest emission of methane gas in the history of the planet. But now these guys want to stop LNG exports. This is liquefied natural gas. Slow down LNG exports to other countries like Europe. Even though natural gas is the cheapest and very clean fossil fuel and the future of America and the basis for supporting our currency if we ever decide we want to be like smart and back it with gold, silver, and natural gas. You know, natural resources, kind of like the BRICS countries. And in the usual coordinated fashion of Democratic Marxists, 44 Democratic senators, I mean, just think about the minds here, wrote a letter to the president saying, we need to stop all this natural gas stuff. This is despite the fact, and hopefully I'm going to get to it, a federal court ruling that not allowing natural gas hookups was unconstitutional. Very interesting. And as you know, it's a full-court press to try and take your guns, take your semi-automatic weapons. You know, D-level, not level, but D-level the playing field. Because, folks, they're very nervous about armed Americans getting a little pissed off over all this nonsense. One more reason for the divorce. It can be peaceful. The good news, of course, is that Republicans control the House, although not by much. So legislation is unlikely to be passed. But, and I warned you about this several years ago, and I've been continuing the drumbeat, the Secretary of State, Blinken, (laughs) another crook, is now saying that we're going to ratify, we're going to sign on to the United Nations Small Arms Treaty. And here's the bad news. The only thing you need to ratify a treaty is a majority in the Senate, which the Democratic Marxists have. We'll hope that no rhinos go along with this, and we'll hope that cinema and mansion say a flat and resolute no when it comes up, and it's going to. And while they're trying to take your guns through the United Nations and cede more sovereignty of the United States to the world, there's a hullabaloo over the mass shootings, as you know. It just so happens, by the way, the press, the press is calling them white supremacists, when actually the perps were trannies, left-wing folks, registered Democratic Marxists, or illegal immigrants or immigrants, and in the case of the Texas deal, an immigrant who tried to join the armed forces but was booted out after three months for mental problems. His name was Mauricio Garcia. He was 33 years old, killed eight, wounded seven in Texas. Outrageous. But what's more outrageous is that he could get a firearm. What's even more outrageous was that the army knew all about his problems and did nothing, and he didn't show up on the Nix check by the FBI. How convenient. 
And it goes to support my theory that I've shared with you many times that all these are MK Ultra voiced skull technology mind control red flags. They are on purpose. The government wants a steady drumbeat of mass shootings by minds they are controlling. They know these people. I mean, the army knows that this guy was mentally unstable. They know how to interject thoughts and erase memories from minds. We go to my shows on the history of mind control and listen to them. Virtually all of these mass shootings, I'm convinced, and I know many of you will shake your head and say he's nuts, are purposeful and directed. And the cause is a government more scared of the population than they are worried about some poor people in schools or some poor people in a mall losing their lives or getting injured for life. It is absolutely reprehensible. And once again, do you want to deal with this type of stuff or you want to just say, no, I opt out. And over there on NBC, CNN, who knows what, who cares, they're talking about, and I quote, wipe out the Republican Party. Somebody has to say it. Greg Abbott, the governor, is sick and demented, unquote. Oh, well, that makes me want to go along with gun control for sure. And by the way, in this time of $31.5 trillion deficits that they want to raise, there's a watchdog organization that's reviewed the Internal Revenue Service expenditures. And since 2020, the service has spent over $10 million on firearms, ammunition, military gear. I mean, this includes tactical vests, helmets, body armor, shotguns, rifles, handguns, and thousands, tens of thousands of rounds of ammunition including, by the way, hollow-point bullets designed to expand on impact. That article is posted, and you can click on it and read the report for yourself. Once again, it makes you want to just say, oh, great, take my guns, no problem. And to further kind of concern you about self-defense matters, self-defense of your freedoms and self-defense of your person, Title 42 is about to end on the border. They're expecting, hold on to your hats, 700,000 to 1 million illegal aliens crossing the border in the next, give or take, 90 days. I want you to think about that. Even the Cadaver's administration admits it'll probably be 13,000 a day. And they sent 1,500 Marines down there, not to control the border, folks, but to act as a further welcoming committee because, you know, that paperwork is overwhelming the Border Patrol. By the way, 13,000 people a day, which I think is low, is 4.7 million illegal aliens crossing that border this year. And, of course, all of them are peace-loving, law-abiding, <laughs> no criminals, no drugs, no cartels, no foreign agents, no terrorists, no nothing. So, don't worry about it, guys. Just give up your guns. And you'll be fine. Government will take care of you. And then, of course, we have the transgender nonsense of the week. There's a study in New Zealand. They're just completing it. It comes back to my figures I gave you weeks ago, and I didn't know about this study. 1 to 1.2% of the population on the planet Earth, this was an international study, is gay transgender, gay, LBGT, whatever. In other words, not heterosexual. A tiny percentage. Nonetheless, the tranny news continues to, that, that tail continues to wag the dog. There's a Starbucks worker in London that went on a tirade and actually physically attacked people because she was misgendered or he was misgendered or whoever it was, was misgendered by a patron. You can get the video, which is viral online. And then in Minnesota, the state legislature is considering a bill that would, well, that would put menstrual products in all public and charter school bathrooms, including the boys' bathroom. 
You think that's crazy? Well, when a Republican legislator proposed an amendment to limit the products to at least bathrooms used by female students, Representative Sandra Feist, she's a Democratic Farmer Labor Party member, she argued that the amendment was, quote, impractical and obsolete since many schools are moving towards gender-neutral bathrooms. Listen to this. And not all menstruating students are female. And that non-female menstruators face a greater stigma and barrier to asking for these products, unquote. Wow, <laughs> you can't make this up. The noose, we hope, is tightening around the Biden family, the crooked, the slimy, and the treasonous Biden family. And getting rather desperate, witnesses are disappearing, or witnesses are getting arrested in foreign countries before they can testify. And it's come out that, you know, that, that letter that was signed by 51 intelligence folks to interfere in the 2020 election? That was simply heartfelt. You know, it's really what they believe. Well, now Congress, the Republicans, have obtained emails. You'll love this. Michael Morell, right, appointed by Obama, was the head of the CIA, and he went to these 50 other folks with the letter drafted explaining that he and former CIA agent Mark, and I can't even pronounce his name, Polymoropolis or whatever, had, and I quote, drafted the attached because we believe the Russians were involved in some way in the Hunter Biden email issue and because we think Trump will attack Biden on the issue at this week's debate and we want to give the VP a talking point to use in response, unquote. But there's no corruption, folks. And don't you think we can change the character of these people if we just hang out with them and hang in there? And no. Why don't we just let them go over into their own little character pot of slimy stew and be done with this? By the way, one of the uh, missing witnesses was arrested in Cyprus by Interpol. Gee, you don't think there's coordination here amongst all the globalist nations? He's a former lieutenant colonel in the Israeli Defense Forces and was scheduled to testify in front of Congress. Now he's being accused of arms smuggling. Oh, okay. And nobody has heard from him for several weeks. Hmm. Hopefully he didn't run into any of Hillary Clinton's friends. By the way, back to those regulations that I told you about. Last week, just the one week, the Biden administration finalized or proposed regulations $182 billion in compliance costs to the American people and the economy and another $1.8 million yearly paperwork hours. By the way, this is this outfit reporting, the American Action Forum, AAF, and part of that was yet more emission limits for passenger cars. Down there on the border, by the way, uh, Texas is mobilizing 545 National Guardsmen and military members, Black Hawk helicopters and C-130s. And Texas, thank God for Texas, is deploying them to, quote, intercept, to repel, and to bring back migrants who are trying to enter Texas illegally, unquote. Too bad we have a corrupt cartel stooge in Arizona, is it not? And there's a whole bunch happening on the election fraud front. Several things have popped to light. Things are still heated up and the lawsuits are still flying down in Arizona. I'm going to bring you up to speed next week. There's a 75X match for Kerry, whose uh, trial begins at the lower court on falsified matching signatures on ballots. Hamaday down there is, he has a chance to pull out, I wouldn't call it the overthrow. Why don't we say the just desserts? of the fraudulent Secretary of State election, which he supposedly lost by 280 votes out of 2.5 million. We will keep our eyes peeled. So parents across California, oh yes, one of those 
outed states in the divorce are up in arms after a school district was accused of secretly counseling an 11-year-old child to transition genders without notifying the parents. I mean, why do they need to know? The Chico Unified School District is now being sued. Well, good for them, and good luck on that lawsuit. Here's another sleight of hand by our government and our administration. On one hand, they're talking about banning TikTok because it's a Chinese entree, and it is, and it's dangerous, and it is, and it's a threat to national security, and it is. While at the same time, Joe Biden, using your tax money, folks, is hiring all sorts of people to be influencers to the Gen Xers, in other words, the voters of 2024, on TikTok. Hmm. I wonder how committed he is to really getting rid of TikTok and his Chinese buddies, not to mention forsaking his million dollars a month, coming through assorted nifty, sifty, grifty channels from the Chinese communists to he, his son, and seven other family members, as has now been found out in the congressional hearings. There's a kid by the name of Josh Alexander, who was actually arrested by police in Renfrew, Ontario. Oh, oh, Canada. Trudy, go, baby, go. And you know why he was arrested? Because... He said, quote, there were only two genders and you were born either a male or a female. And that got me into trouble. And then I said, gender doesn't trump biology. You see what's happening here, folks? I'm telling you, get involved at your schools. By the way, he was also accused, here's a new term for you, of dead naming two students. Do you know what dead naming is? Well, let me tell you what it is. It's using a term that refers to using the name of a transgender person before their gender transition. Oh, well, we wouldn't want to do that. Obviously, he's suing. Go, Josh, go. More kids and school news for you, because this is where the battle, the war, is going to be lost or won, folks. New York has decided to make it easier for students to reach proficiency on state math and English language arts tests. They call last year's lower scores, you know, because of their COVID policies, the, quote, new normal, unquote. Some school systems in New York, folks, like Schenectady, there wasn't a single, not a single, in the whole city, not one eighth grader who took the math tests who scored as proficient. And you're seeing this around the state because of progressive Marxist policies. So they've decided that they're just going to lower the bar. That's right. New York has decided to permanently lower the math and reading proficiency standards for all its students across the state. Ah, well, that should serve them really, really well in the future, don't you think? And then we have the case of Mandy Young, J-U-N-G. She's a Highland Park, this is in Minneapolis, of course, middle school biology teacher. In her science class, however, there's not a lot of science. But if your kid is interested in becoming an Antifa revolutionary and how to make Molotov cocktails, they're going to do really well in her class. In fact, Young has a TikTok page. Oh, there's TikTok again where she promotes all her lesson plans. Isn't that wonderful? Today, let me tell you that there's new legislation that's been introduced in Congress. Hopefully, that will stop the ongoing Chinese plan to influence and control U.S. policy. And how do they do that? Oh, by paying former American political appointees, and I guess a current president, to lobby on their behalf. This is called the Cutting Off Communist Profiteers, or CCP Act. And it would prohibit any U.S. political person, including an appointee, from, quote, knowingly representing, aiding, or advising, unquote, the Chinese Communist Party, Chinese military companies, or any entity involved just about in any way with the government of China or the Chinese Communist Party. One to five years of imprisonment, civil penalties as much as $50,000. 
hopefully gets past what do you want to bet it doesn't. It'll be blocked by the Dems in the Sen. A former CIA director just testified in Congress that Joe Biden's own campaign, his own campaign, through Secretary Blinken, who wasn't even the secretary then, Secretary of State, was behind the entire push to permanently squash the Hunter laptop story. Who would have thought? You know, all the tentacles, the Twitter files, the money paid by the government, the FBI, you name it, all directed from the very top. By the way, that app to warn consumers about woke corporations, that's Consumers Research is the name of the outfit. You can look under American Wire News. You can also find the link to install that app on your phone on the website, on the rightsideradio.com. Big left-wing digital media outlets, kind of like big left-wing digital banks are falling and failing everywhere. The latest BuzzFeed big outfit. They're the ones who released the Russian dossier. Remember that? Anyway, they've announced that they're going to shut their news site for good. They're laying off 15% of the company just to start, and they're focusing just on the Huffington Post, which they purchased several years ago. And there's another one, Vice World News, just as woke as BuzzFeed and Huffington Post. And it looks like they're going under too. Gee, kind of makes you sad, doesn't it? As you know, J.P. Morgan Chase took over First Republic. I think they paid like 2 or $3 billion, you know, several hundred billion dollar bank, second largest bank collapse, but they paid a few billion. Yeah, we do need to review those physical assistance agreements from way back when. You, man, you'll just shake your head. Google, unfortunately for Google, lost its bid to dismiss kind of a wide-ranging antitrust case in federal court that has to do with the company's dominant advertising business. That's great. Take them apart. Africa's largest power firm is losing $55 million a month. Oh, go woke, go broke, plus theft and corruption. Oh, you mean like the American government? ESCOM is the name of the outfit. Basically, you have rolling blackouts, and sometimes for extended periods of time, across South Africa right now. In some really good court rulings, federal courts and appeals courts have ruled that the Waters of the U.S. EPA plan originally proposed by Obama, beat back, and now proposed by Obama in his third term via the cadaver. The waters of the U.S. plan is now toast until the next round of judicial hearings. But this plan, I can't tell you what a stranglehold it places on your land, uses of your land, your house, even, believe it or not, the collection of rainwater in your gutters in suburbia. And another federal court has ruled the gas hookup ban being instituted in blue states, you know, can we spell the word divorce, is unconstitutional and illegal. So that has been shut down. And there's a number of big cases in front of the Supreme Court. I'm going to bring you up to speed on those in the next week or two in advance, probably, of most of the rulings. But they're huge. I mean, they're huge. And then we have the curious case, can we spell divorce, of the Constitution dictates that Congress appropriates money and approves the expenditures by the bureaucrats. That's how it works. But it seems that certain bureaucrats consider that authorization it allows them to spend money however they see fit, not as directed by the legislative branch. HHS has gone off on its own little path, taking money and spending it on woke matters, contrary to congressional dictates. We'll see what happens to them. By the way, for the first time in 2022, the United States of America generated more electricity from renewables, which are subsidized 56 to 102x with your tax money, than coal, basically wind and solar with, you know, a trillion U.S. dollars, your dollars and my dollars going into the pockets of those companies, is continuing to grow. And coal plants, which are getting hammered by regulations and no subsidies, are beginning to shudder, or should I say continuing to shudder. In 2007, the peak, 
50% of all electricity in the United States came from coal. That was down to 23% in 2021 and 20% in 2022. Utah, what's going on with you guys out there in Utah? Really? I mean, Mitt Romney and the rest of the clowns out there. And now your governor, Spencer Cox, a Republican, has signed a bill and an executive order formalizing the change of the old Utah flag into a new, quote-unquote, historic state flag. The new state flag, by the way, has the old Utah beehive, the state symbol for industry, and its motto. But gone from that flag, even though it still has red, white, and blue in it, is the actual American flag, which is depicted twice in the old Utah flag. And, of course, gone also from the old flag, or in the new flag from the old flag, is the bald eagle. And they erase the dates of Utah's founding, and the entrance of Utah into the Union. Hello, knock, knock. You guys awake out there in Utah? Your schools have all sorts of problems, too. Get on it, folks, in Utah. There's a pile more, folks. There's no way to get to the entire fire hose. We can only get to the garden hose. Next week, all sorts of great thoughts coming at you. Get off the couch. Get involved. Take the steps you need to do to divorce woke companies from your wallet book. To perhaps begin to work on the divorce of red and blue, and certainly to get control of and to promote the legal steps which will protect your faith, family, liberty, and bill of rights at your state, local, county, and municipal level. But right now, we're out of time. As always, look in the mirror. Think about divorce. (laughs) You know, please do think about divorce and repeat after me with conviction. I will muster. I will stand. I will not comply. I will never give in. I will never stop fighting. I will join with those in these United States and across the globe who love freedom as I do, and we will win. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Thanks for listening. Keep the wind at your back. We'll talk to you next week. Please remember, if you've missed any shows, just click on Show Archive and you'll find all of his shows. We look forward to seeing you here again next week for another episode of Reed Lance Rosenthal on the right side.